you were at your father's funeral and you find out what your sister really thinks of you. She has checked all the boxes of who you are in her mind, but she's wrong. Erin Sir decided not to leave it there. She chose to have the hard conversation in love, not defense, to be better understood by her sister. Not knowing how it was going to go, she had to try. There was more in store after her dad's passing. Lots of relationships changed, and some even went away. It was like God was moving the pieces on a chessboard. This is what she had to surrender to, and it was hard. Need some inspiration, some encouragement? You're in the right place. We focus on confidence so you will believe in yourself more, passion so you will turn it into purpose, and gratitude so you will find gifts even in the hardest of times. I'm Rochelle Condi now, and this is Unabashed You. Welcome back to the show, Erin. It's always a pleasure to connect. Well, thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. Oh, goodness. Mine too. Mine too. All right. Let's just jump right in and get to know you a little better. You were on the show previously way back in the beginning, and you taught us a lot about the Enneagram. And I still reference that to this day, just all of the wonderful things we we got to learn. Okay. So a current show you're watching, because it's kind of fun. What are people watching? What's good? Uh, my husband and I were watching Lessons in Chemistry. Okay. And okay. Um, okay. okay, what are you thinking? Yeah, and so we're waiting for the second um, season because we're so hooked and we love it. I never read the book, but it does make me want to read the book, but loved it. Uh, that did. I, that was going to be one of my questions. Did you read the book? And as somebody who read the book... I will tell you, it's very true to the book, which doesn't always happen for, for good or not good, whatever, however you want to view it. But yes, very true to the book. So have they renewed it? I mean, have they, are they thinking they want to come back with the second season? I, I, apparently that's what the rumor says. So okay, I'm hoping. the rumor mill. All right. Okay, very good. We should have to see. Yes, it's very, very well done. Very well done. And that's on Apple TV, a little plug for them, anybody who... Might want to go view it. I agree. It was very good. All right. Your biggest crush growing up. This is so fun. I think the biggest crush was Tom Cruise. I'd have to say (laughs) that. I'm assuming you mean celebrity. Oh, what? No, not necessarily. Some people answer, you know, some boy in the sixth grade or it doesn't. There are no wrong answers here. No wrong Mm. answers. Mm, I love that. Well, I'll just stick to Tom Cruise, but very shortly after, once Brad Pitt came, that was it for me. That was probably more than (laughs) 90s. But (laughs) Okay, well, um, clearly you're in very good company with both those answers because, you know, that's they're both wildly popular and have been for many years, uh, in part based on looks and in part based on talent. And so there you go. All right. What is the thing you are most afraid of? And this is kind of skewing more to the irrational side. I mean, I don't necessarily, mm. unless you really want to go deep and dark and heavy, we can do that too. <laughs> Gosh, most afraid of. Um, I think the most afraid of is, is losing one of my kids. <laughs> Not to go dark or deep, but that would be my biggest. But on oh, a, yes. I know on a day to day, I think. Just, I don't know. I guess it would be something like being stuck living somewhere I wouldn't want to be living. 
that's the only thing that right. kind of comes oh, right. to my Lens head. Is, right, right. Yeah. Okay. The, gosh, those were both really good. <laughs> those are both really good because, you know, there are people who have lost their children. There are people who are living somewhere they don't want to live. And so, yeah, those are very understandable fears. And um, for those of us who are, you know, where we want to be, we we you know, stand very grateful for that and also hopeful that those who are living somewhere they don't want to live can find the way to get out of that situation. I mean, that's without going too deep. <laughs> no, that's something we hope for, for others. Okay, gosh, those are good. A random fact most people would not know about you. Hmm. A random fact they wouldn't know about me. You know, I had ADHD as a child, and it was incredibly rare back then, and where for a girl, it was just starting to kind of come on the radar, and this Dr. Feingold was kind of spearheading um, this uh, approach that these kids that had ADHD was because of all of the additives preservatives, colorings, flavorings that we were putting in our processed food. Mm -hmm. So my mom being a pediatric nurse practitioner did not want to just stick me on Ritalin. Um, She decided that she'll go the organic natural approach, which is so my mom. So I had to take 15 pills three times a day as a child. So I took 45 pills a day, breakfast, lunch, dinner, and it was really in hindsight, horrifying. I never would make one of my kids do. And to this day, if I smell that B vitamin, that certain smell, I really (laughs) reflux to that. And um, I wore, I wore out my family's furniture. That's how much I I had the energy of probably three, three kids in the body of one little girl. And so I would jump on the furniture. I was just, I was, I was just all over the place. So that's probably something people don't know about me. No, gosh, I did not know that about you. Okay. I, of course, as this leads me down a couple sort of follow-up questions. And that is, I guess my first instinct or to ask the question, did it help? Did all these pills actually help? I don't know. I'm sure they did, uh, but it didn't solve. It wasn't like all of a sudden I was miraculously calm. Um, It might've, help me to be better but you know you ADHD kind of has to run its course you get rid of the H later you know as an adult and then you're you're you always will have the ADD but I've learned to master it so well that people don't know that actually I use it as my superpower because I can really focus now so people maybe wouldn't know that about me other than my energy and I I tend to I can talk a lot so my brain my brain I'm a quick processor my brain goes fast so well, I love that you look at it as your superpower. That is so cool. Really. I mean, just being able to, it's just the the shift, the total shift of, you know, I'm not going to wow, wow, this is me. Like, no, I, no, I, this is a good thing and I'm going to use it for good. I, I think yeah. that's fabulous. Such a good way, uh, a good way to to look at it, a good way to live into it, lean into it, all those things. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. What is uh, something you, if you could go back and tell your 10-year-old self, what advice would you give your 10-year-old self? 
I would probably say that this too shall pass and that life is going to get bigger and better. So hold on tight because (laughs) at 10, you're just, you're stuck in the middle of it. And, um, you know, I, I think being the youngest of three and my mom was working. So I was very independent because I was kind of, you know, that latchkey 70s kid where you were just kind of figured it out on your own and had <laughs> yeah. to, you know, right. through, you know, the, the, if you lost your key to find the side window that was open. So um, I think, I think sometimes I felt a little lonely um, or alone, but I think I would tell myself that, you know, things are, are going to get just better and, and just to hold on. Right. I love that. Hold on tight. That's yeah. Because when you're 10, things are seem so big, right? You have less things, but they're even bigger because you have less. That's great. And then as you get older, you realize, oh gosh, why did I fret about that? It wasn't as big, but it was when you were 10, when you were 10, it was huge. (laughs) That's right. Right. Well, I love that advice. That's fantastic. We are in a surrender series right now where we're we're looking at times like a particular time you had to surrender. You just had to like let go because you know you could not at that time anyway really do much about the outcome that was coming at you. So tell us a time that you had to surrender and and what that looked like. Yeah. Well, I would say about a year and a half ago. I had such a profound, um, clear, uh, uh, uncontrollable uh, surrender of relationships and with my family and then some friendships. And so it was very clear, very quickly that God was what my spiritual director called uh, moving the pieces on the board (laughs) for me in my (laughs) life. And yeah, right. So it started with literally the day of my dad's memorial. So he had passed and we were um, at his church that he had been a member of for a long time. And um, the pastor was saying incredible things, the legacy my dad left. And, mm-hmm. and so I spoke at his memorial and um, my son right after, you know, we then moved into the hall for refreshments and all that. And and my son came up to me and just said, wow, you know, uh, one of, I, I'll try not name names, but okay. um, our cousin, well, it's okay. She probably will never listen to it, but she's like, you know, Luke just dropped a bomb and how he feels about our family and all of this. Right. And, and I was like, what do you mean? And, and my um, nephew has Asperger's and so he doesn't have a filter. And so he just kind of says what he feels or what he hears, right. you know, what is around him. And, um, and so apparently my sister had made comments about uh, just various things about me and my family. I had no idea. And so I was like, oh, and then my I'd gone up to my sister and said, I reserved a place at a Mexican restaurant for all of us siblings to go um, have dinner, just our families after. And, you know, kind of process and just connect. And she was like, I don't like Mexican food. And, and then, you know, we had kind of been distant over the last 10, 15 years. I've never 
felt incredibly close with my sister. She's five years older. We're mm-hmm. very, very different people, probably about as opposite as you can get. And so all of this, you know, came tumbling down on the day of my dad. Oh my God. Memorial that I was like, gosh, I didn't know she felt this and this and this. And so it was kind of a shadow on a shadow. And so it really bothered me the next couple of days because some of the things she had said were such um, kind of unfair untruths. And they were things like, um, you're asking um, mom for money because you spent all this money on private Christian school for your kids. So now you don't have money to send your kids to college. Untrue. And, um, you know, all of these kind of things and judgments and misconceptions about me. And so I'm kind of someone that's about justice. And that was really hard for me. So I <laughs> knew I had to give her a call, called her up a couple of days later and just said, Hey, you know, can we talk? I've kind of some things have come up and, you know, um, all of this stuff. And so we had actually very good productive talk. It was tough, but it was, you know, I got to tell her, gosh, I just feel like I'm on trial and have not, you know, been accused for these crimes. And in your mind, you know, I, I think for her, she had, um, I'll give you a couple examples of what she was saying, but she had equated, I'm a believer, therefore I'm a Republican. And because you're a Republican, yeah. you know, here's a drop down, you know, menu of all the issues you believe in. And these, they're all against my issues because she's not. And um, just w- assumed that kind of who I was, what I believed, what my, how I raised my kids, all of it in a bundle mm-hmm. of you're a Christian slash Republican, which ironically, a couple of years ago, I became I switched uh, as to independent because I don't like that exact reason of someone telling me how I should think and how I should vote. And I really was looking at both sides and I really didn't feel great about being a part of either party personally. But so I, I tend to, to be more neutral. You tell me what the issue is and I'll, I'll tell you what I believe, but I just don't want to subscribe or be put in that box, ironically. So I said this to her and she was shocked to hear this. Again, she doesn't know me. So she assumed these things. And I told her, I said, you know, you don't know me, Heather. I said, you don't know what keeps me up at night. You don't know, you know, what my hard times are, what I cry about. I said, you don't know my friends. You don't know whether I go to church or not. You don't know what, how I vote. You don't know what I believe. You don't really know anything about me because you, you don't, you know, we we don't call each other, you know, we just literally don't have a, a, a working relationship. And I said, you know, it's not fair for you to judge me and my kids and my life. And I said, you probably don't even know the names of my closest friends. And so it was, Heather's always been someone that doesn't like to be judged. So she realized that she was judging me in essence. And so a couple of years, uh, sorry, a couple of days later, a couple of weeks later, I got the most sincere letter Mm. of apology I've ever received. I mean, from anybody, I was like, so uh, raw, taking responsibility, just saying, I am so sorry. You're right. I prejudged you. I I guess it really, yeah. I mean, it was so beautiful. I was like, wow. So in that painful time, I had to kind of surrender a lot of um, just holding things, you know, our, our family had kind of become a rift. I hate to say it kind of like, um, right. maybe, maybe kind of that 
believer, non-believer, Republican, Democrat, you know, just difference of people. And that was a time that like, just didn't even have a chance to grieve my dad because it was like, I had to deal with that. And then out of my sister's mm -hmm, and out of my sister's conversation came this information that my mom's upset with me. So now I'm like, okay, now we're dealing with mom. And so through the last year and a half, to be honest with you, probably a year, took me about a year of doing the work. um, I had to come to the realization that my mom and I don't have a relationship. And I had all of these years um, chased this um, feeling that I felt like a burden that God was like, you have to be a good daughter. You need to be a good Christian. You got to tie that up with a bow. You have to mend this. And I had been trying and trying and trying yet so hard because she just is unwilling, doesn't want to partake, doesn't, you know, it's all in her terms, um, you know, very kind of one-sided. And so it's hard to have a relationship with one-sided. So in that was um, having to then grieve really the loss of my mom. I almost, oh, grieved, right. I yeah. grieved the loss of my mom almost more than the loss of my dad. And the reason is because um, my dad had suffered a stroke 10 years prior to him passing. And really for 10 years, I had been grieving the loss of that man who right. was strong, capable, full of life, um, be able to communicate. And I just saw him decline. So really towards the end, it was really a blessing. I feel like for him and his right, right, right. You know, yeah. And I know he's in heaven and he just was an incredible person. So I know he's much happier and at peace, but it was the mom relationship that God, I mean, literally out of my dad's death came these relationship that almost, I don't know, <laughs> him and God decided these need to be worked on now. And out of that death came so much life in the sense of my sister and I mending. And then, but my mom was tough for me because I, I had to really acknowledge that she's probably not going to be the mom that I ever need. And some of the tough things that I was hearing from my sister, again, a lot of it kind of that unfair accusations or um putting it on me for me to bear the relationship and for me to take all the responsibility in the relationship and you know sure we all have our part but I had for so many years tried with my mom that at some point you know I had a therapist be like you just need to to not you know don't fall on the sword for this you know you you're giving 100% this person's giving 10 and and that's not healthy for you so so that was, um, and the tough, I think, thing of having to surrender that relationship and, and having closure for me was that I was never going to get closure from her. And I realized uh. that, that I could never bring up to her all my feelings or maybe hurts or needs because she can't, she's just the type of person she can't hear it. It's always kind of her side, her version, her perspective. And so um, we, out of this, my sister's talk, I had said to Heather, I said, it sounds like we really need a family meeting. Our family needs to sit down and talk about our grievances and, and talk about all this unspoken things that we've, you know, not talked about or, or hurts and have. So we met up at my mom's house in Pasadena on a Saturday and everyone got to, it was really great. It was a wonderful 
opportunity for everyone to be like, this is what's always hurt me. But I mean, for years of stuff, but I wasn't, I was able to hear my mom and I knew I needed to hear her out, but I, I wasn't able to really talk to her because I know it would just undo every single thing because she just can't hear it. She just can't, she doesn't have the capacity. So it was, that was really the grieving for me after that Saturday of realizing, oh, I'm never going to be able to have her really understand who I am. And she doesn't really want to have an active relationship other than sit around my table on Thanksgiving once a year. So, um, so that was tough. I mean, that was actually truly harder grieving for than my dad. So I had to just surrender because it was like these waves kept coming. I was like my dad and then my sister and then my mom and then my brother and I kind of had a little something and then he's married to my best friend. And, you know, I had to like kind of, I know. And out of that came a great talk with my best friend, Holly, because, you know, all this stuff just kept coming, Rochelle. I mean, it was like just popping up, popping up. And I was like, gosh, God, what are you doing here? Like, like (laughs) how much can I, how much can I take? And I finally come to that point that I was like, he is doing serious work on all of us in within my family. So I had gotten to that point of, I just have to surrender. Right. 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 Yes. Like not easy, not fun, but this, is clearly you are doing some profound work. Right. And so I, I started to look at it more as, um, sorry, let me get my stuff together. It's more it's as, good. yeah, I think I looked at it more as like surrender and that it was a sacred space at that point, that this was, mm-hmm, that this was something that, that was, you know, I, I I was just okay I'm along for the ride what do you want me to do in this relationship how does that but also out of all of that for me I didn't realize that um I kind of felt like um that the mess of God was even guiding or asking the work for me to do was to stand up in who I am and mm-hmm. be authentic and genuine in these, because I've always been the youngest and always kind of wanting to kind of get the attention or the approval, I would say, of all of the family members, right? And so chasing that really probably unconsciously for years. And it allowed me to, at least for my family, because you're, you know, you can do great in your one life, but you kind of get back to your family and all that stuff gets triggered and all that you do feel like 10 again and Uh, and I was like no and so it really allowed me to be like this is who I am I've worked hard at who I am in a life I built and I'm standing proud and if you love me and like me great and if you don't you don't and the same right after that was family stuff then some friendships stuff came up and it was really interesting too that I was like come on god like (laughs) much more like it was emotionally the last year and a half was emotionally draining I mean I when I would meet with my spiritual director I would feel like a hot mess every time and I told I said I'm not normally like this you know she was like no this is the season this is what you're going and she held that space for me which I really was just amazing through it but um and my husband thank god for him and and my and my best friend Holly so and my kids, it was really interesting too how much my kids, now that they're almost adults, my son just turned 20, my daughter will be 18 in June. Oh, 
And they, they held space for me. They supported me. I know. And it's almost like the full circle of all that you pour into your kids. And all of a sudden they rallied around me and they were like, you know, just like my tribe was around me during that time with my family. And then, you know, seeing really who my friends were shifting kind of some of that. And so it has empowered me. And I kept seeing, you know, you kind of keep getting the same message over yeah, and over. That's, yeah, that's I do. Right? So like I follow like Mel Robbins and a couple other people on this. And I just kept getting these same messages, you know, let people unhook from people that aren't supporting you, you know, if they're toxic or, you know, if people just can't appreciate who you are, then, you know, just over and over. I mean, I, I've saved so many screenshots and <laughs> I'll send those to, I have two accounts, one for my business, one for my personal. So I'll constantly send it to myself. So later I can Ooh. see it, but I just kept getting these, you know, memes or messages or, uh, and so I was felt like God was just like, you are, um, you're okay. And you need to just be proud of who you are. And if people, you know, see you and cherish that and love you for who you are. Those are the right people. And the people that don't, that's okay. Just, you can release those. And, and it, that's, it's not right or wrong. It's just at this, at my age, you know, I, I need to have true friendships. And if, if someone's not supportive of me and my family, then I, you know, that's okay. But that I don't need to invest in a whole bunch of time or convince or feel like I need to be a good Christian, I guess, is what I had put upon myself. And I felt God was saying, that's not what I'm, I'm not asking you to be in unhealthy relationships, you know, always love, always love, you know, always be your best and shine bright and love. But um, I, do, I no longer have to fall on the sword or carry, like I was carrying that relationship with my mom. I was literally carrying it. And my spiritual director had did a visualization exercise with me of taking kind of like that backpack off and putting it in the mm. river and letting it go down the river. And it was so freeing because I was like, oh, I've been carrying that, not knowing I'd been literally carrying that. So it was good to realize, oh, that's not mine. This is not my burden to carry. I can't carry her side of the relationship. I can right. really carry mine. And I'm only responsible for me and keeping my side of the street clean, right. so to speak, you know. Shout out to Taylor Swift, but <laughs> <laughs> well, gosh, I have so many um kind of like thoughts and emotions that come up hearing um your story. Uh, one is well, one is wow, I, I'm just I'm in awe of the fact that you were open to seeing what God was doing at this time. You were you were asking what are you doing what are you doing you know you were ready to kind of like receive whatever it was and that's gosh we that's not always obviously not easy to do i'm also really understanding of you grieving the relationship with your mom because there's something about the mother child relationship that is it's primary of course you know the relationship a child has with their father is is wonderful, but there's something about the mom that is just, it's different. It's different. It's just, I don't know if it's biology or what, but oh my gosh, the fact that you had to grieve that while your mom is still alive is mm -hmm. really, I has to be one of the greatest 
hurdles or struggles that one would have to go through. And the fact Mm. that you were able to get to a place of releasing even your mom is also really noteworthy and remarkable. And I think it just goes to show that, yes, she's your mom. That does not mean that she is what you need or want. And I think that's something, you know, when we're in our 20s, I remember kind of getting to that place of, oh, okay, I didn't get everything I wanted or needed from my parents. And now I think it's now it's up to me. And we've even had that conversation with our kids. Hey, you probably got some complaints and we certainly would have done things differently now than we did then. But anything you didn't get from us, you now need to get it for yourself. And if we can help in that way through conversation or some therapy, we're we're totally game for that. But now, please, it's on you. And I just think that's a really an important realization. And the fact that you were able to kind of, you know, have that visualization of and the realization that you have been carrying the responsibility of the relationship with your mom this whole time when that really, like you say, that was not your burden to carry and freeing yourself through that visualization. I mean, obviously it was far more than the visualization, but the visualization is symbolic of what you had been doing and Mm. being able to free yourself of that, I'm sure had a lot of impact and, and, this whole process of how do you move forward, reaching a place of acceptance with your mom? Like, no, she's not everything I want or need. And I'm going to be loving it Thanksgiving. And whenever we chat briefly on the phone or whatever it looks like, mm-hmm. you now have surrendered to who she is. Right. Yeah. And yep. really, yeah. And, and knowing that the people that get me there, I, I have, relationships with them and they're genuine and you know but like you say the not being capable not being capable what do you, you can't do anything with that no you can't do anything with that and being yeah. able to get to a place where you realize that in a relationship with somebody i think is so key it's it is a, a form of surrender it is so freeing and it brings you so much peace when you realize well they can't they just yeah. can't it did bring me peace. And it's funny because I, I didn't, at first there was so much pain. Of course, that's what grief is, right? There's, you know, um, is, is so much pain and, and reality and realization and like, ah, the rawness of it. And then Mm. when I was done and I would think about it a lot as I was grieving, like, think about it, think about it, think about it. And then it was funny. I knew when I was done, because I just had peace. I was, I wasn't thinking about her during the day. I wasn't thinking about, oh, it's this and maybe that. And, you know, all of it was like, it was like this peace. And, and what my spiritual director helped me is, you know, she's like, you can un, unhook from that. Like just, I unhooked mm-hmm. from it. And I think for so long, that was, it was, I felt so just hoping that one day, hoping that one day, and yeah, I had just kind of come to that if one day happens, great, but I, I no longer can worry about it, um, bear it, carry it, respond. Mm-hmm. Like it was, I have peace. I just don't, 
And I hadn't had that for so long with my mom, even though I see her once a year. I mean, that's like you said, such a strong influence that the mother daughter has. And we had had a close relationship when I was tiny, tiny, like young, young, young. And then she just, her career just kept building and expanding and building, expanding. You know, she's like world renowned in her field. And, but, and, you know, it just, it, it, I, I mean, I had to really realize, come on, she's 81 and I'm my fifties. And it's like, it's just potentially probably it would, it would be a lot to turn the bus around. And so I'm at peace. And that was the biggest gift from my dad. I feel like that then after all this, then I was like, yes. oh, now, I have, now I have time to grieve my dad because it was like, oh. I just like one, I literally was ironic. I mean, I was like, I told my spirit director, I said, I want to grieve my dad because I feel like I'm grieving all these other relationships. And, right. but you know, it's, it's, I've just been at peace with, and then even the friendships portion that, that is kind of, I've, you know, you just, you have to just be at peace and do the best you can and everything else is you just can't fix the whole world or everyone else or every every relationship you just you can't right I do also love and I I think this is so true and I've seen this in different family relationships um both directly and like uncles or you know brothers nephews that sort of thing that um (laughs) it just flew out of my mind (laughs) <laughs> oh, that is so funny. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the family I, dynamics that yeah, we're, well, yeah. we're going. Oh, I know. Yes. Thank you. I got, thank you. I got it back. That you're going to take that loss and you are going to pour it into your kids in the best way possible. You're not going to like over mother because of that, but you now understand i did not get this i want my kids to have it that's so right. i'm going to be a very intentional mom and they're going to be able to look back in their 50s and and you know and say you know my mom and i are close and you know you're, you're gonna yeah. have they're gonna have that they're gonna have what you didn't have and i think there's so much beauty in that yeah hundred percent. That's, that's the biggest thing is that I can't control above, but I can control below. And my daughter and I have such a close relationship. She has told me, she's like, you're my best friend. And I've had people say, gosh, well, how are you an artist? How are you so close with your, you know, 17 year old, you know, when, when a lot of moms and teens are like this and, you know, we're not perfect, but I'm like, because I've invested, I have, engaged i've cultivated this relationship with her because i want to have that with my daughter she is one of the most important people in my life and you know i've intentionally have done that and so um and she she has recognized a little bit because you know when she got older she would start to ask questions like how come you and your mom aren't as close as you and i are how come mom does it like she started to kind of put two and two together and ask all the, the questions that are like, oh, okay, here we go. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, she has even said, she's like, mom, she's like, I respect you so much because you didn't really have, you know, the mothering that you needed. And, you know, in essence, I've kind of mothered out of a vacuum, but she's, she's like, you are such a good mom to me. And she's like, I saw how you broke that chain. And I mean, she's literally saying these things. She's quick. She's, she's uh, a deep feeler and a deep thinker. So she observes a lot and she, she kind of saw the dynamics, but you know, and I didn't want to, um, 
portray my mother, her right. grandmother in a bad way. I just respectfully said, yeah, it just, you know, um, but yeah, so I get to have that special mother daughter relationship with right. her. And that has in a way, like you said, not smothering or helicopter, but more, um, you know, I think it's given me that peace and joy yes. that, wow, so it is beautiful. such a special mother daughter relationship. Yeah. And I feel honored that I get to have that with oh, her yeah. and, and, you know, see it bloom. So, and I think it would be sweet anyway, but I think there's an extra little layer, like the cherry on top or whatever sweetness that you, because you didn't get it the one way you have mm. it the other way. And it just make it just makes it just that much better. I think. Yeah. I cherish in, in it your, more. Yeah. And your gratitude and your appreciation, you already would, mm. but there's certain things that we go through just kind of amplify other things that we go through. Mm, it's well said. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, gosh, this has just been incredible. And I think one of the things to teach our kids is that certain people are not capable of certain things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like expecting a toddler to tie their shoe. They just can't. They're just not there. You can no. You can put the shoe on them and you can want them to do it and you can whatever. I mean, that that's the, the analogy that came to mind. They just, they're not capable. Yeah. And, yeah. They're not and, there yet. Yeah. I mean, they might not ever be, well, that's in right. that instance, they're not there yet, but there are people, adults, even older adults who still are not capable of certain mm -hmm. things. And yeah. being able to recognize that, I think is huge. It gives so much wisdom and discernment. And then to me, that, that ends up equaling peace because you realize, oh, that person's, they're not capable. They, no. they, they just can't for whatever reason they can't. And so yeah. I can't expect them to, to be or do that thing that they are not capable of doing. I think that is really huge. Yeah. No expectations. That's exactly the word. And so now when I, I just recently saw her ironically for, um, I was up in LA for girls weekend for my birthday and my mom had wanted, she's kind of putting her affairs in order. Cause she saw with my dad's estate kind of some things that she's like, okay, I need to do that for you kids. And so we met and had lunch and um, yeah, it was a different, I was in such a different space and mindset of not expecting, but holding neutral space. And, and I was even sharing something that was really meaningful for me that I had recently hiked Patagonia with my son. And, and she just quickly switched the conversation. Like she just couldn't even hear when I share about things about my life or my kids. It, it was so obvious. She just switched. The, and I was okay. like, wow. I was like, it's just, it's so clear to me, but now I don't get devastated like it hurt right. you know yeah, but sure. I, I it, it was the capability she just can't even have the it's hard for her somehow to and 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 I've then I realized oh she does that a, a lot with she when I'm trying to share or she doesn't ask about my life or the grandkids and so I'm just it's interesting that I kind of saw with more clarity but it wasn't devastating to me I was like right, okay that's right. kind of like you said this is just where you're at and, you know, um, it, it does, it almost, I'm not there yet, but I'm almost at the place of really having compassion too, of going, that's makes me sad for you that you don't, yeah. you're so wounded and you haven't done the work to heal that wounding 
that you wouldn't rejoice for your daughter and your grandkids or, or me sharing a story of having a, it was like my 2023 best thing that happened in for me was this beautiful hike with my son in Patagonia. Like the, I was telling her what a, an amazing conversation we had. And, and just, it was like one of those moments when you're having a moment, you know, you're having wow. that moment right. and she just, it was like, she just couldn't, it was, it, it, it was so hard for her to hear instead of being, wow, Aaron, that's amazing. And how special. And, you know, so it was, it, you just kind of, they're not there and they're, mm-hmm. that's okay. But to protect and accept and surrender to, um, you know, just, yeah, it's, it's a lot of, um, just, I, I think it brings me to gratitude that, that I am grateful that I have done that work for myself. Cause I had to work through just years back, even when I was in therapy years ago, I worked right. through, you know, all this stuff, right. but I, I'm grateful that I've done that hard work. So when I told my spiritual director, when we were doing all this work this last year, I said, what my goal is, is I don't want to end up bitter. I said, I want, I don't want to go through all this and end up like tight fisted where, where how my mom is a little bit. And I said, right. I want to get where I'm really neutral or at peace, or I'm like, that's okay. You know? And that's when I, that's when I finally had to reach that place of peace and neutral. And even this lunch, even though it was, I saw things so clearly, I was like, it was okay. Rashad, it's just okay. I'm like, that's just who she is. And so in a way I was like, you know, I don't know if I'd even share those sacred moments with her. You know what I mean? Because I'm like, if, if she can't appreciate, or I felt like very much like, you know, throwing my pearls to pig. So I was like, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's it's all good. You know, God's like healing and healing and working things and, and, you know, he's working in all of our lives. So it's great to, um, it's, it was encouraging to know that I felt like God was guiding through this. It wasn't just random, random. Right, right, right. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and he, he works it for good, even though it doesn't feel good at the time. <laughs> That's it right. Not feel good at the time at all. Right. I'm I'm just so moved, Aaron, that you were able to, you know, navigate all of this in a way that was, of course, the pain, the feelings, all of that. You kept you kept thinking and processing and trying to figure things out do you know what I mean you didn't just Mm -hmm. whatever you you just you're like no I want to understand what's happening I want to what's going on I'm just I really admire that about Mm -hmm. you and that you were able to then arrive where you are now which is you know you've done the work you're doing the work you're you're at a different place you can meet your mom where she's at which Mm -hmm. is not necessarily what you would want but you're you're doing your part which is really all you can do and yeah. just meet, meeting her where she is and just letting her letting her be there and realizing like you say that that her wounding has prevented her from being able to to do the work or whatever is there anything you want to add because this has just been an incredible conversation that is just filled with all these wonderful nuggets and I, and I I just really want to thank you for sharing it because I really believe that when we uh, listen to others and we uh, hear stories and we um, kind of, I went along for a little ride right there and um, 
I feel really grateful for how you went through it and then for the conclusions that you've drawn and for the wisdom that you've parsed out and for your your now your your sense of peace and, and, and acceptance and surrender and all. I, mm-hmm. I just think it's really is there's a lot of beauty in pain if if you allow it. Yeah. No, that's how I would summarize it is kind of it reminds me of the phoenix coming out of the ashes that you're like you know so much good did come out of it um for me in 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 all that time when i was like what are you doing god like why are you doing this why are you doing this why are you doing this um he did he was doing so much for me because like i said i'm like oh you're trying to show me something you're trying to show me that i have value or I don't have to stay in unvaluable relationships or, you know, even though it was painful to have to go through, he was really, I I don't know the best way I could say is almost standing up for me. You know, like he, he just was like, no, this is, this is what you need to go through and you don't need to carry this anymore. You know? So yeah. So I just, I don't have anything else to say other than when you called, ironically, and you said, you have something about surrender. I was like, ah, sheesh. Do I want to go into all that? I'm just glad, I literally felt like I just closed 23 and I was like, oh, I don't want to revive it. But, you know, I, I do feel like it's a story that hopefully will help someone. Yes. And, and it does have a happy ending, so to speak. And, yes. uh, you know, so I, I, yeah, I, it's not uh, accidental or it is coincidental that you called me right, did. And course, I'm like, well, I just finished the whole thing of surrender. Yes, I do. <laughs> oh, gosh. And now I am goosebumps because for us, for me, for you, this is the way God works. I mean, mm. just, like I haven't talked to you in a long time. I'll reach out right. to Aaron. <laughs> yeah, oh, God. Right. That's incredible. And then uh, lastly, I want to say that I, I greatly... Um, appreciate and i'm grateful for your sister's reaction for her mm, oh my responsibility goodness and being open and realizing oh my gosh i because not everyone would do that no I, the letter was beautiful i i told i showed it to roger i said look at this i've never had a letter that was so took responsibility so sincere so vulnerable i mean it was a, a beautiful just out of one conversation of really kind of having a heart to heart of like, let's just get all the kind of BS out of the way and let's talk here. And yeah, for her to be that humble and vulnerable. And, you know, we've since gone to a concert together and, you know, she has mentioned coming down to San Diego. It hasn't happened, but I, I've just had a busy year too, to be honest with you. And, but, you know, just knowing that we have, we're at peace in a neutral place um is is great that you know that has been kind of mended and and cleaned up and cleared up right Right. because darkness likes to linger in those places of relationships and i've like we really cast a light on it and that i have the light is so beautiful because it just shows truth and cleans up all the stuff and so yeah it was so much came out of that and i want to trace that back to your willingness to take the risk and put yourself out there in a very vulnerable sense and go, wait a minute, is this what you think? Uh, I mean, you you kind of started the momentum of the whole thing. And 
who knows how she might have reacted. Thankfully, she reacted in the best way possible. But that wasn't why you did it. You did it because like, I know I'm feeling these things. I'm thinking these things. I think you've got some things wrong. Let me share some things with you. And then wherever it goes from there, you're not responsible for, but it ended up in this beautiful place. Yeah. So yay, Heather. Yay, Heather. I know. <laughs> yay, Heather. That's right. Yeah. Good. Well, thank you so much, Erin. I just you're so welcome. Feel extraordinarily full of just goodness and knowing that you've, you know, come through with I want to say flying colors, but you know, that that, that almost trivializes, you know, the fact that you've you you're wiser, you're more accepting, you have peace, you're you're enjoying all this fruit, which I think is 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 the ultimate. Mm. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I really, oh, it really appreciate my, it. It was my pleasure. Yeah. Thank you for joining us today. If you find value in what we're doing, share episodes, write a review wherever you get your podcasts. You can join the weekly UY newsletter at unabashedu.com or email us at unabashedu at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And now a closing prayer. God, may our surrender bring us closer to you. As we strive to understand and to be understood, we are grateful for your love. Amen. Today, because you want to live in full color, be unabashed, be you.